You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Hi, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on The Partner Podcast. Today's guest is Mike Pierce, better known as Antarctic Mike. Mike works with organizations that want to find, engage, and keep the best performing people. Mike's background professionally started in the recruiting business in 1997, working to show managers and leaders exactly how to identify and recruit the best people. He now speaks professionally across the country and Canada to executive teams, organizations, associations, and sales teams, and professional services groups about how to lead people so that they're fully engaged in what they do. Mike is an avid fan of polar expedition history and is an endurance athlete. In 2006, Mike became one of nine people to run the first ever Antarctic Ice Marathon, and a year later became the first American to run the Antarctic 100K, a grueling 62 miles on an ice shelf 600 miles from the South Pole. His flagship program, Leading at 90 Below Zero, connects the drivers and principles of Antarctic expedition history stories to the real world of finding, engaging, and keeping great people in today's competitive business landscape. So I've got with me on the podcast today, Mike Pierce. And Mike, we're talking about being able to articulate value to clients to get more business. So let me ask you this. What are some of the roadblocks or reasons that someone who's in professional services, an attorney, would miss in not being able to articulate their value? Let's kind of go right into it and talk about that. I think it's the same reason why salespeople don't really become great. They might become good, good enough to make a quota, but they never become great. And I think the reason is because they don't understand exactly what the customer needs and why they need it. So to answer your question about an attorney, I would think the same way. If I'm an attorney and you're a potential customer, right now the issue is I want to get you to pick me as to represent you. Well, if I miss something in our conversation, then that's going to preclude me from being able to communicate to you the value that I can provide. Because I would think if you really understood the value I provided, you, the chances that you'll pick me and trust me are much higher. That's right. But if there's something in that conversation that's missing, then that's like a, an, a six-cylinder car firing on three, four, five cylinders. Right. It will still go forward, but it won't go the way it should. See, I think, I think the value... I mean, kind of talking along the lines of value and, and from what I know about you and just in following you for some time is that you speak to all different types of business groups on sales and leadership. So you've got a perspective that's broad. I, I think people in legal, they get narrow in their focus, which in some ways, of course, is good. But in other ways, they lose sight of how to ask the right questions to get the business. And they're so focused on doing the legal work that they, I wouldn't say they neglect to think in terms of client development, but they just don't have that type of hat on and no, not knowing how to ask questions to identify opportunities and to start that dialogue about, okay, now I'm going to have to sell my work. So let me ask you this kind of in general terms, 
if you're coaching people that are in the business of generating revenue, what are some questions that you would recommend that they would ask to their clients and their prospects at the appropriate time to really start that dialogue discussing the differentiation uh, factors on which they're going to base decisions to buy my services? Well, I, I also think of this question in the context of CEOs and leaders who are responsible to engage their employees. Mm-hmm. Most employees are not very engaged in what they do for a living. In fact, statistically speaking, the number's about 30% on a good day. Mm. Okay, now you ask yourself the question, why is that the case? Is 70% of the workforce really that incompetent? Have companies made 70% of the wrong hiring decisions? I don't think that's the answer. I think the issue is the leaders don't understand their people and they don't ask the right questions to really know what these people need in order to do a world-class job. So now we're going to bring this back into the scope of an attorney, you know, having a conversation with a prospective customer. Okay. I would say one of the things an attorney really needs to think about is to really understand, and again, I'll just role play with you. Let's say you're the prospective customer and I'm the attorney. I'm going to really want to ask you, okay, Scott, in, in a perfect world, what is it that you really want from an attorney? If you think about people like me in the past that you've worked with, What's been the difference between somebody who was okay and somebody who, in your mind, did a world-class job? What's the difference? I would say two things. One of them is getting the job done, being able to win that case and preserving my interests. And the second one is one that might not be top of mind. It might not be readily apparent, but I think it does have something to do with the customer experience where they understand exactly what the expectations are, what the scope of work is, what's expected from the legal team, what they need from me, and then also having an idea of what's the budget going to be and being able to stay within that budget. So I'd I'd say kind of in a a snapshot summary, those would be some of the answers that a client would give. Okay. And I just wrote those down. Getting the job done, preserving my interest, number one. Number two, really making sure the expectations are clear. That's right. So we stay within budget, we stay within the time parameters and all that other stuff. Okay, it's interesting you use the word expectation because when it comes to the issue of employees being engaged, the single biggest reason why an average employee out in the workforce today is or is not engaged comes down to that word you just used, which is expectations. Hmm. In other words, most leaders and managers have not clearly defined the expectations that are so clear that if I'm the employee in question, there's no confusion or question in my mind as to what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it, and what the target is that I'm supposed to hit. Okay. In any point in time during the progress of the job, I can almost self-measure and self-manage myself in terms of am I on track or off track. So if we come back to the attorney situation, we, we say this. Has the attorney clearly defined the expectations? So I think the best case scenario is, again, if I'm the attorney and you're the customer, I'm going to ask questions of you to really understand what expectations do you have, Scott, for an attorney handling your case. And I'm going to be very clear. And if I'm not really clear on this, I'm going to ask you clarifying questions to make sure I understand exactly what you want accomplished how you want it accomplished, the time frame, the cost frames, all the parameters 
that go into how I'm going to do my job. I need to know those clearly and compellingly from the start. Because if that's the case, now it's very easy for me to get the job done and preserve your interest because you've just defined the expectations. By getting the answers to the test, isn't it? I mean, really, this is, you know, it's honestly the truth about this is this really sounds like common sense. And, you know, when I talk to these issues, you know, in a speaking engagement with respect to hiring and keeping employees, you know, a lot of people's reaction is, well, this just seems like such common sense. I'm like, well, it is. The problem is it's not common practice, (laughs) Right. right? The more simple and easy something is to do, the easier it is to also not do. And it's funny how it's always the basic things. You know, you look at a college coach like a Nick Saban from Alabama or Dabo Sweeney from Clemson. You know, the guys are at the top of the game. Right. Think about what those guys fundamentally do in the practices every single day of the week before the games. They're not working on things that are out of sight, out of mind. They're working on basic drills that these people learned as kids. Because it's always the fundamentals of protect the ball, don't fumble it, right? Make your tackle, follow through, whatever the case is, follow your shot. They say in hockey, it's the basic, simple things that are practiced over and over and over so that they become common practice, not just common sense. And I think going back to the attorney situation, really making sure that the context of the conversation from the start is all about clearly defining the expectations so clear that you can measure and manage it yourself. And I think that's a big issue. So let's kind of go down that path when you talked about the fundamentals. For people that are in professional services, because I know you've talked to all different business groups, like I mentioned. Right. But those that are selling to a sophisticated audience where this is a delicate conversation. Sure. And we can't push too hard and we can't do a hard close it's not like it, they're from Boiler Room, that movie where yeah. it's close, close, close. <laughs> so from that type of group that you've had a lot of interaction with, and I know you're somebody that speaks, what, about 100 times a year all over uh-huh. the world, uh, and you're, you're a real high-level uh, presenter, and you understand that type of crowd, what would be the fundamentals if you could say, what are the two or three rocks in the bucket, so to speak, the two or three number one fundamentals somebody needs to have in client development that they need to master? what would they be? It sounds like one of them would be asking the right kind of questions. What would be some other ones? Well, I would say you mentioned, you know, you can't hard close somebody. Let's talk about the close of the sale for a second. Assuming that we've asked all the right questions, I think a very good closing question, and I guarantee they won't teach you this at the Tom Hopkins School of Sales Training and the Right. The Woody Hayes School of Sales Training. I'm kind of dating myself here. You know, the old style where you just go for the close and you hard close the person. I think rather the better technique is to say, okay, well, based on our conversation, Scott, what do you think should be the next step? Mm. I'm going to let you define it. You know, and I also think this, one of the things that I think that I teach salespeople is this. If you want to really be a strong salesperson, tell a story, tell a story of impact. Because if I am an attorney and I tell you a story, let me tell you a story, Scott, about a client who had a similar scenario that you're facing. And I go through and I tell the story of what I did and what the result was. Now I can say to you, I'll tell you what, why don't you think about the story, Scott, sleep on it and call me tomorrow. And I'll let you answer the question. Do you think I'm the right attorney for you? I'm going to let you think about it. 
That's a great I'll point. Let you answer the question, right? That's why I preach to sales organizations. Your salespeople should be the best storytellers on the planet. And you should capture stories on video because when you put video allows the human element to come into the equation. One thing that we tend to forget in the world of business and numbers and high-level spreadsheets and apps and data and dashboards and all this other noise, I call it noise because I think most of it is, is that we forget in a high-tech-driven world, people are still going to buy from and hire people that they like and trust. The human element is a critical, important component in the equation. And I think technology has made us forget that. If I can put the human element back into the equation, and the way I can do that is to tell a story. And if I capture that story on video, where I've got one of my customers telling me, hey, let me tell you about my scenario. I came to Mike on my knees. I was so confused. I didn't know left from right. And here's exactly what happened. And here was the outcome. That's a pretty compelling story. If you hear that story, you're going to identify, and if there's something you identify with, you're going to say, oh my God, you're going to transpose that right onto your own scenario. And you're going to say, that's what I want. Oh, funny you ask. You know, I like what you said when you talked about video. I mean, I like everything that you're saying, but one of the things I want to kind of pull to the surface is when you talked about video, I think there are some law firms I've seen that have mastered that where they have video, not just in terms of describing what their firm is, what their distinct value points are, but even in recruiting. Because when you look at client development, you can't, and I wouldn't say you can't actively be involved in close, close, close. When you're recruiting people, there are, I think, more measurable inflection points in the process. They're, they're more clear. They're more visible inflection points in the process. The candidates either can say yes or no after that first 90-minute meeting. If they say yes, there's going to be another series of meetings and, there, and there's another clear inflection point, yes or no, they're going to go for it or not. So it's a little bit more of a clear, transparent process. And I think with video, it speaks clearly to the uniqueness of that firm. And they can have people that had been with other firms telling that story. And I think the most credible videos I've seen is when a law firm interviews alumni of their firm, attorneys that have left that firm that have gone on to other things, even other firms to talk highly about that firm. It was a great experience while I was there. There was a conflict, so unfortunately I had to leave. But this is what, and so I've seen that before and I think it's just that emotional context of that story. So have you ever done work with people that just don't have a lot of experience telling stories before? Have you ever spoken or consulted to groups like that? Oh, absolutely. One of the things I do in a lot of my speaking engagements with CEOs is I'll say, okay, I go through this and I'll tell, I'll give a couple of examples because I think there's some companies out there that really get this and most don't, but I've got some in my pocket. So Mm -hmm. I'll go through that and I'll say, let's try one of yours live on the spot, right? So this is a scenario where I'm going to show people how easy this is to do because I'm going into this without knowing a thing. In other words, I just met CEOs, you know, an hour ago. I really don't know who they work for. I don't know what they do. I don't even know what some of their companies do. And I purposely go into some of these engagements in a blind fashion so that I can do this exercise so that I don't have any preconceived idea. I haven't done any homework or thought of anything. I'm going to think on my feet. So I'll say a great, compelling story. And, you know, typically there'll be somebody in the crowd that'll want to volunteer. And if not, I just say something like, look, my plane's not leaving until, you know, eight o'clock tonight. I got plenty of time. <laughs> and then I'll send somebody to raise their hand and they'll tell a story. And then I'll say, great, and I'll take notes and I'll storyboard it. This will take maybe five minutes to do. And then I'll say, now we're going to put this on video. So I'm going to be you. 
And I'll just use the notes I took as my teleprompter, you know, to give my the channel my thinking and I'll just tell the story. And people are floored when they see this. They're like, oh my God, this really is powerful. And I'm like, it's not me. It's the power of the story. And I say, now imagine if you actually heard from, instead of, you know, me being you and impersonating you, what if we actually heard from your employee, Joe, or your customer, Mary, or whoever was the subject of the story? Imagine if he or she were to tell the story, right? And to show you the impact that you made, right? If it's a business selling a service to another company. I mean, it's just, it's a very powerful exercise that I do in a lot of my CEO speaking engagements because this is real practical hands-on. Here's how you actually take a concept and do something with it. And so now I'm picturing this in the world of attorney firms. I'm thinking, man, this is, this is a practice for anybody in any industry, whether it's service, manufacturing, household goods, food, right? It doesn't matter. Why should we buy your stuff? Very common question. And the best answer I tell salespeople you can give is, well, I don't necessarily know you should. So you say to me, Mike, why should I use you as an attorney? Scott, I don't necessarily know that you should. And then I'm just going to stop for a minute and I'm going to make you squirm because that's not an answer you're expecting. I'll say, I'm going to let you off the hook. Let me tell you why I said that. Number one, I'm not the attorney for every person who's in the scenario that you're in, okay? And if I'm not the right attorney for you, that's fine. I'll point you in another direction. I know a lot of people in the industry. However, if I am the right attorney for you, right, I'm going to make a marked difference in your life. This is going to be a chapter of your life that I'm going to really, 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 I'm going to write a, you know, an award-winning novel. This will be a, this will be a Pulitzer Prize chapter in your life. Okay. If I'm the right attorney, but we need to really discover whether or not I'm the right attorney. Let me tell you a couple of stories. Let me send you a video to a couple of stories of a couple of my customers. If you hear anything you like in the story, let's talk. If you don't hear anything in the story that resonates with you, I'm probably not the right attorney and ask me for a referral to somebody else. And I'll refer you to somebody else. That's (laughs) that's a pretty low pressure conversation. That's exactly right. That's the whole point. The story is doing the selling. I'm not attacking you because if I start attacking you, guess what you do? You run the other way, as most of us would. But if you say to me, Mike, let me send you a video. Like, you know, you're in the the recruiting business. You say, well, Mike, you should use Scott as your headhunter. My question, of course, is, well, why would I use you, right? And now you say to me, well, let me just send you a link to a couple of stories that might answer your question. And just listen to the story, think about it, sleep on it, call me tomorrow. That is so much more... Of a, you're not pressuring me at all. There's no pressure. Zero. So this is interesting. So a lot of your expertise is spending time with CEO groups. You know why they say yes and why they say no. Do you honestly think that what you describe makes a difference in CEOs making decisions about buying services? Oh, absolutely. I think it makes a difference in terms of anybody buying anything because nobody wants to be pushed and pressured. I'll give you a really good example. I was at a um, manufacturing company in St. Louis about a month ago called Cambridge Engineering. They make heaters for buildings, commercial heaters, real big metal boxes that sit on the roof of a building and blow hot air. So Mark Braun, the president of the company, real nice guy, he's on a sales call in Michigan, and he's going out to a dealer that's considering carrying their stuff. So he flies out to Michigan, and of course, you know, the guy starts grilling him, well, why should we buy your heaters and give me all the technical specifications and the brochures and the dashboards and the apps and all this noise? The guy says, look, I could give you every technical piece of data you wanted. You could go to Google and push print, and you wouldn't need me. He said, here's what you ought to do. Why don't you spend a couple days, fly to St. Louis, 
and meet my people. And then answer the question, should we sell your heaters? So the guy flies from Michigan to St. Louis, spends a couple days on the floor of the factory talking to the $15 an hour Joe the Plumbers, you know, the guys that build the heaters. And the customer comes back to Mark after about a half an hour and he said, I'm in, we're ready to go. And Mark said, I'm flattered. Why do you say that? He said, I saw the look of ownership in the eyes of your people. That's great. And I thought to myself, what a story. Imagine if that was captured on video. Now Mark could send that video to 55 people simultaneously who could take a virtual tour of the factory and really understand and see the look of ownership in the eyes of people. I said, Mark, you're missing a big opportunity by not capturing and archiving this on video so that Because as good as you are, people can only come here one at a time. But imagine if that story can land on the eyes of 55 of those people at the same time, or 155, right? I mean, you follow the logic. It's the power of the story. And most companies don't realize, I think as most attorneys probably don't realize, that they are sitting on powerful, powerful, powerful stories that they're just not aware of. You know what I mean? Absolutely right. Well, Mike, you've got some great stories just in seeing your video and your unique story about your trips to Antarctica and all the things that you've done there. It's a pretty unique way to explain key business concepts, whether it's leadership or client development. And we'll put your links on the show notes and everything, but what's a good way for people to reach you? What are the services that you offer to organizations and what would you like for them to know about how to find you? Well, predominantly, I'm a speaker. If you just go to AntarcticMike.com, you'll find everything you need. Uh, my contact info and all that other stuff. I do keynote speeches all over the place, sales conferences, association conferences, leadership conferences, kickoff events that companies have at the beginning of the year, Christmas parties at the end of the year. The other thing though that I'm starting to getting into is this whole concept of helping companies to develop their story. I mean, one of the things I really like to do is I like to go on site, spend a full day where we're going to storyboard the story in question that we want to really use is the showcase story and really storyboard the whole thing out and then have a video guy come on site and capture this and then, you know, take the video back and clean it up and make it into its two or three minute final product or whatever it happens to be. Because a lot of companies don't know how to do this. They go, gee, this is great. We'd love to tell our story, but we don't know the first thing about it. Well, I would like to be the guy to come in and orchestrate that. That's great. That's innovative. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Well, this is great, Mike. I hope that people listening can reach out to you. Maybe you can speak at their partner retreats or even do some of the other work that you mentioned. You've got a lot of value and a lot of great concepts. And I know that from what you've done and your expertise and doing that for so long, you've got a great track record. So thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.